Hi, this is Alper Kakir from Fakeoff. Uh, you're listening to the App Guy podcast with Paul Kemp. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp. I love this podcast. It uh, introduces me to lots of fascinating and interesting ideas. Uh, the innovation out there is phenomenal and uh, I do go around the world so I do get uh, representation from lots of different countries and today uh, it's uh, the turn of Sweden. We've had a few Swedish uh, entrepreneurs on this show before in the past and I am just um, thrilled to talk about this next product and this next team and this next entrepreneur. Uh, his name is Joachim Westland. He is the uh, CEO and founder of Shortcut Labs and uh, we're here to talk about this phenomenal, interesting wonderful idea that he's got and he's bringing to the world, uh, which uh, we're, we're going to talk about, which uh, hooks up with uh, smartphones and makes it very easy, just a click of a button, a, fl- a flip of a button, and we can uh, do a lot of different things. So uh, welcome to the App Guide podcast. Thank you very much, Paul. And uh, well, first of all, let's talk about your um, uh, idea. Uh, perhaps you can explain it. Um, and I, I do want people to pause the recording uh, and go and check out your show notes. We'll have links to all the things that we're going to talk about and they can see the video. I've watched the video of you and your team uh, talking about the product, but perhaps we can hear it from yourself, what, what it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, so um, our first product is called the Flick. It's a wireless shortcut button. It's practically a shortcut to uh, any imaginable function in the digital world. And uh, it connects, it's, it's, a, it's a standalone, very small button that you can attach to any surface or clothes. And it basically connects to uh, your smartphone and it commands the smartphone to do a shortcut for you. So you can you can uh, click it, double click it, or or hold it in to uh, trigger three different functions, and uh, we get a lot of traction and interest from uh, home automation, security, and all kinds of different use cases. Uh, it's really uh, it's really as simple as a wireless button. I love it already, and I'm desperately wanting one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm actually thinking back to an episode that I had with uh, an entrepreneur called Leela Fever. We talked a lot about home automation. Uh, c- can you see the future? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you the, you actually do see a positive future for uh, us automating our homes. Yeah, sure. So um, there are a lot of different approaches to automating our homes and our our daily lives and uh, a lot of a lot of startups a lot of companies are trying to build uh, systems that can kind of do it all uh, Apple included and um, it's it's really interesting and I think I, I think it's some at some point it's gonna uh, resonate into uh, one kind of language and system that that everyone is using and I see that the, the very obvious uh, path to that is through the through the smartphone really and not not through anything else because we're all we're all carrying around a very very competent uh, intelligent computer with all the um, connect- connectivity that you can imagine and for us it's it's pretty clear that um, whatever we can do with our intelligent surroundings uh, is going to go through 
through the computer we're wearing in our pockets. So I would love to talk a little bit about how you got this idea off the ground, because many of the Appster Tribe listeners uh, have lots of ideas, but you've done something that 95% of people don't do, which is you've, you've had that idea and you've actually... Uh, you know, launched or about to launch uh, the, you know, lay idea and you've, you've gone through, a, I guess, a lot of work to get to where you are now. Perhaps you can talk us through how you made uh, the, the uh, idea a reality. Uh, yeah, of course. So the idea, uh, so in Sweden, we have a, a way of using tobacco, actually, which is snus, which is like tobacco you put under your lip. Uh, it's it's a really big thing in Sweden. Uh, I think maybe every fourth or so people are doing it. Um, and I was trying to quit, and and I was trying to build an iOS application for for quitting tobacco. And the the only functionality would actually be tap in the middle of the screen whenever you use it, and then kind of plot uh, the usage so you can see the usage decline. Um, but since I did it so often, it was really difficult for me uh, to kind of enter that app every time because, well, my my phone is either in my pocket or in a bag, and in Sweden it's cold weather, and you have gloves, and you um, you try to unlock the phone, and you try to find that app, and then go into that app and and tap in the middle of the screen. It's just too many steps uh, to do something that simple. So uh, that's why the the idea originated really like, can't I just extract this function out to a single button and kind of attach it to my clothes or something so I don't have to pull up my phone every time. So what that's a, really what an amazing story. That's, that's incredible. So you, uh, I mean, the, the first thing I have to say is that the, the, a lot of the entrepreneurs coming on this show uh, have done one thing and one thing one thing successfully which is they've solved a real world problem a problem for themselves and uh, that's actually one of the the themes of this show that I've put together the top five themes which uh, people can get from my website and you've obviously taken a health issue uh, you know trying to quit uh, this uh, tobacco thing and uh, you've obviously then made it so it's just really easy pressing one button uh, and it reminds me also of the chat I had with the guy who uh, did the breathalyzer on the uh, the, the smartphone and uh, just trying to track your habits and uh, improve uh, did, so did you, well first of all did you quit uh, yeah yeah I did quit um, but unfortunately before I could realize the product <laughs> right okay well at least it worked for you anyway so 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 you're building this this thing um how did you collect how did you put the team together and get the your co-founders and uh you know perhaps perhaps you could talk about that yeah of course i um so we're three founders uh and uh i worked on this alone for a bit and realized that wouldn't work uh i won some innovation prize from uh, stockholm city uh, and we also got some governmental funding, but in the uh, at the same time, I also had made friends with a, a very competent uh, guy uh, with who is uh, Pranav, now my co-founder, uh, who uh, is a great, great salesman and a PR strategist. Uh, and also in the same, so I 
I started convincing him about uh, the greatness about this idea. And uh, in the same time, I also met uh, this uh, guy who was uh, studying um, production at KTH. Uh, his name is Amir. And the three of us founded this company um, a little more than a year ago. And since then, we've been on, on uh, full time. That's wonderful because I think that's a, a really big lesson for us to learn is do we actually try and do everything ourselves? I mean, I'm at the moment doing everything myself with this show and sometimes it can be overwhelming and you do need to partner up and you've decided to go with two other partners and the three of you create this this company. Uh, I, I mean, I'm guessing you all bring different uh, skill sets to the table. We do, yeah. So uh, I, I'm uh, very focused on, on the product and the product development, while Amir is focused on the production part of it uh, and, and dealing with a lot of contacts in San Francisco and in China. And we uh, and Pranav, of course, is responsible for our, our partnerships and, and the sale funnel. Uh, but on top of that, we... Uh, we, we, we got accepted from an incubator here at KTH, uh, Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm. Uh, so it's a student, uh, it's a student, an incubator filled of, of student uh, cases. Uh, and uh, in, in terms of that, we, we managed to get uh, a lot of very, very talented developers out of a course uh, that could work for our company as part of a uh, as part of a course at KTH in, in uh, system development, uh, and we actually uh, managed to uh, hire all of them after the course was done. So it's been very it was a very cheap and extremely effective way for us to quickly generate uh, a substantial code base. Yeah, I was uh, actually, it's really interesting because one of the big challenges, uh, I think, for anyone uh, listening to, to get their idea to, to market is uh, dealing with the extremely expensive uh, coding process. And, and what you're saying is that you were part of an incubator and you had um, some uh, students who were actively involved and, and for a, a low amount of money, uh, inexpensive uh, process, you, you ended up getting a lot of the code base um, developed f for you. Yeah, that's right. We uh, well, it, it it did take uh, some. Uh, uh, what do you say? We had to talk them into it a little bit, of course. But uh, does, that, does we, that make it easier when you have a really awesome idea that people just want to buy into? I think so. Yeah, and and for, for us, that was definitely the case. Um, so the the Internet of Things is a really uh, it's a really hyped up. Uh, kind of field to be working in and uh, you can easily find developers that are interested in that space and uh, also the technology we're using Bluetooth Low Energy proves a significant challenge for developers uh, and, and it's a space where uh, a lot of competence is needed so they can see that working with this is not only fun but can also be a very so if this project wouldn't uh, succeed, they can see that they have a very substantial uh, reference uh, from, from this work. Yeah, because I can imagine that this uh, device could actually positively impact so many people's lives. 
and uh, you know from from the aged the aged uh, you know maybe your your grandparents who struggle around the house and uh, need to just have quick access to an emergency number or something uh, and uh, you know I liked on the video there was the uh, distress call uh, if you have your button near you and you can make a, an emergency distress call if you're uh, in danger uh, you know that can really help uh, a lot of people yeah definitely and that that mark is 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 very interesting too because um, there are a lot of uh, a lot of tools that people use for that kind of uh, implementations and and actually your phone can do all of that uh, even though they're paying lots and lots of money to to have a security alarm and stuff like that and there are also very uh, it's a very diverse market there are a lot of players and uh, it's uh, it's very interesting. It's a lot. It's, the customer base is huge, of course, not only in uh, not only in like the Western world, but uh, we can see that like, India, for example, is uh, is growing uh, hugely there for personal security, and also the the smartphone market there is is growing rapidly. So that that particular use case for our button is is of course very interesting for us yeah we had a, an episode 159 it is with uh, tosendra sharma he's an indian entrepreneur and uh, into security and uh, smartphones and uh, he was uh, saying that uh, the indian market is really booming uh, so w- what we'd love to know is you obviously went down the route of kickstarter in a way what was the reason behind that you know was that the 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 most optimal way of funding your idea rather than going uh, to try and get angel money or bank loans or p- perhaps putting it on your own credit card? Perhaps you could talk us through the funding side of it. Yeah, so so that's a great uh, question. Uh, you mentioned uh, Kickstarter there. We haven't actually uh, engaged in them. It will be, uh, we're launching right now on Indiegogo. Uh, but for hardware projects, it's a very... It's, it's a very big step to take. You need a lot of funding to get started, and, and that's, uh, it's, it's difficult to get the funding you need before you have a prototype. And in our case, uh, the prototyping has been an, an expensive journey as well. But we, uh, we were accepted to a San Francisco hardware incubator called Highway One, and they helped us uh, take the product from uh, from a very rough prototype to a full finished product um, that uh, and they also helped us uh, a little bit on the funding side and since uh, the incubator ended uh, in the end of this summer we've been very very focused on launching on a crowdfunding site and the reason for that is that our particular product is very well suited for a reward-based uh, crowdfunding campaign. And I don't think that you should ever believe that a crowdfunding uh, income would take you all the way, but uh, in, in terms of funding. Uh, and this is something that you definitely realize when you go to San Francisco and you talk to uh, companies that has uh, run successful crowdfunding campaigns before um, is that however you count you'll always need more money to kind of execute this uh, product um, but we have a lot of uh, help we have some 
Uh, we have been in discussion with a lot of different investors and we have found some that are, are profitable both ways. Uh, but I, I can't talk. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, it's a very sensitive time for you as well on that issue. And I just think that's so helpful learning your journey with uh, the funding aspect and, uh, you know, to, to try and help us in our, our journeys with um, get, getting an idea and getting it funded. And so, you yeah. mentioned, yeah, so just you mentioned that uh, obviously there's. I mean, so many entrepreneurs I've spoken to who have gone down the crowdfunding route uh, have automatically not paid themselves for you know a long time, like sometimes a year or more, and uh, they um, sometimes make investments themselves up front uh, and then use the uh, the crowdfunded money from Indiegogo or Kickstarter to then supplement the, you know what they've been paying out. Uh, but but uh, they have to really cut corners and uh, it's not a, a good amount of money to r- really uh, get, get something going in a way. Is that fair? So I think a lot of crowdfunding projects uh, believe that they can get get, get funding that way and uh, sustain. It's almost never the case. Uh, maybe not, you know, not even Pebble managed to uh, produce their uh, smartwatches without getting external funding. So I definitely think you have to have a very much more long-term plan than just kind of launching a product. Uh, And and I think that um, don't go there before you've already established very good relationships with uh, potential investors and customers and stuff like that. We, we, uh, over a month ago, we, launched a uh, kind of pre-crowdfunding site to kind of see the uh, interest out in the market. So it's a very uh, easy to share kind of project. And we could see how, um, we, could see, we could see how big the interest was. And we learned a lot from that in terms of how to convert, um, how to convert sheer interest into into a sign up and how to um, how to kind of communicate with uh, with our small <laughs> fan base. Well, uh, this is a genius. I've ne- I, literally in the hundred and seventy odd episodes that we've done of, of the App Guy podcast. This is the first time I'm hearing about this uh, potential uh, strategy, and it just sounds genius because rather than uh, go all in with your big idea what you're suggesting to the listeners to the appster tribe is that you try something that you can achieve something you know maybe similar but uh, lower key and test it out see what the reaction is like build up an, ex- an experience almost do like a pre-release of an of the idea and and then you're fully equipped to then go full in with the uh, the big idea uh, and uh, obviously that's pre releasing on a, a Kickstarter campaign or an Indiegogo campaign, which ultimately then gets you to that idea. Yeah, thank you. We, uh, so some of the very, very successful crowdfunding campaigns that we, we met the founders of uh, recently um, have tried to launch uh, a very similar product just uh, six months or, or even less before the big launch of the products, the successful one. And, and they say that this is 
this is definitely uh, a key learning that they learned, even though it's, it's really small learnings of kind of how to communicate to, to backers so that they so that you can keep them interested in your updates and stuff like that. That's kind of learnings that you you wouldn't you wouldn't get them in any other way than to kind of uh, have had done something very similar before. So. I was going to ask you as well, do you actually keep the list of uh, people that pledge on that first idea so that you can actually reach out to them again when your, your big idea goes and hits the platform? Yeah, of course. That's, that's one of the main, uh, main things of, of doing something like this. And also, you get a lot of reach. Uh, we're kind of secreted on our website on what, what we're actually doing, and we don't have much details about the product, but we can definitely see... Um, that there's a huge interest for it and, and not only from private persons, we've also been contacted by some very, very interesting uh, potential partnerships and the business deals that, uh, that can go through. So, well, uh, if, if, if we're listening, anyone listening now, if, if there's anything we can do to help you out with this idea, I, I think it's an amazing idea, then obviously we will do that. Now, what, what, there's two more things we need to do on the show before we finish. Uh, one is that we love to come up with uh, new ideas. And I, I thought what would be most interesting is that you have uh, obviously a very uh, good device, uh, the Flick, and uh, that enables shortcuts to smartphones. Uh, and I'm wondering if we could just explore a potential idea of integrating maybe another app in, into yours. Are, are you, for example, are you uh, enabling other app developers to tap into the Flick? Yes, of course. We uh, we have an SDK for iOS and Android. That uh, so what you can do with that is that you can completely manage uh, the buttons connected to to a specific app. So you won't be uh, you won't need our app at all. You can just implement the SDK and uh, and use it solely with your own app. And you're talking to a lot of indie app developers on this show. Can we uh, do we have access to that? Uh, early the SDK how, how would we go about uh, uh, t- testing that uh, this stage uh, so yeah definitely uh, either uh, just uh, contact me with the idea and I'll send you everything over and uh, I think in a couple of days we will also be able to post that on our own website the SDK and the documentation for that uh, and it would be a very straightforward way to implementing this well, this is this is great. So I'll put all those links on the show notes for your episode then, and uh, people just need to go to go to that theappguy.co and search for the episode uh, that is um, uh, th- this one talking about Flick. Uh, and I was just trying to think then. Uh, so many potential ideas uh, that integration with other apps. I'm, I'm guessing uh, what have, what have been your one or two kind of most interesting things to come out of this? You know, potential ways you could see this being used. Well, of course, we've, we've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it for almost two years, and still, almost every day, new ideas are presented to me, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. it's so much fun. And, and I, I write this kind of weekly emails to the whole team of the new ideas we get in, and uh, it really gets uh, the whole team a lot of new energy uh, use cases that we never thought about. So the other day, uh, someone came to me with a. Uh, with an application for cognitive therapy, and that was something we hadn't thought about. Like, um, so one uh, one thing is to 
uh, kind of press a button when you're thinking really bad thoughts and uh, and uh, you can kind of monitor that. Uh, the other thing was for dementia where you can have uh, buttons uh, in your home kind of uh, press this button to check off that I actually took a shower this morning and stuff like that. Oh, uh-huh. wonderful. What, what an amazing idea. Uh, yeah. there's, there's just so many of them. Uh, it's almost like, yeah, yeah, I can imagine, like I'm all into that positive thinking as well. And yeah, so a, a, any negative forever. thoughts, you just press this button and then you can track after the month. Because uh, as we're speaking, uh, I, I'm all into habit forming through apps and and certainly using your button to, to create really positive habits. Obviously, you kick the habit of uh, tobacco and uh, what, uh, as we're speaking, I managed um, to get up to my 100th day uh, uh, of uh, waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Oh, congratulations. Uh, so, uh, and that was all courtesy of the Lift app, which is where we, we've had the founder on recently as well, Tony Stubblebine. And so, yeah, if we could kind of incorporate some of those, because uh, I think one of the biggest challenges to these habit-forming apps is the uh, inconvenience of physically kind of monitoring the bad habits especially if you you know a negative thought that could kind of be you constantly going into your phone and opening the app and trying to get to the app but pressing a button makes it so much easier yeah that's right so uh well that's a, that's a great idea and then the final thing we can't let you go without uh, asking you your favorite uh, one or two apps that you use maybe um some apps on your smartphone that you could perhaps tell us about that uh, we may not have come across before Oh, that you haven't come across before. So, um, <clears throat> uh, hmm, let me think. <laughs> I play a lot of games recently. Of course, I have some of the uh, bigger uh, security applications installed as well. Um, <clears throat> actually, my most used app is probably Evernote, but I'm sure you've heard about that one before. <laughs> well, I know we keep talking about Evernote. What was ironic is uh, there's two apps that are most mentioned on this show, Ever- Evernote and, and Lyft. And right. uh, ironically, the founder of Lyft uh, said his favorite was Evernote. So <laughs> it just. Also, there there are uh, a few like, uh, but I think they're Swedish only. Actually, there's uh, there's an app I use a lot called Tink T I N K. It's uh, it's an app for monitoring kind of your economic uh, activities across several different banks. It's really great. Um, but yeah. I should, I should mention that probably. Yeah, uh, that sounds okay. great. Uh, <laughs> all the the money going out of your several different banks. It sounds <laughs> yeah. great. Depressing app, I guess. <laughs> Depends yeah, but on the. Uh, but it kind of shows you uh, what what segments you're spending the most in and uh, how much you have left each month and stuff like that. It's, it's good. I'm sure that app is going to do you well when you have your uh, 20 billion exit from Flick. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, actually, but, you know, before we say goodbye, uh, the European startup scene, you know, is, is just going phenomenally strong. And uh, I do think that all we need is one 20 billion exit uh, f- for the uh, founders to, to really then catapult this whole, um, you know, S- Silicon Valley type uh, atmosphere over here in, in London and, and, uh, and Stockholm and uh, in Berlin and all the other you know cities where there's obviously a, a revival of uh, tech startups. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the most notably recently is uh, Mojang, and they're they're doing the uh, the uh, well, 
what's it called the 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 game where you kind of build your own bricks uh, oh minecraft minecraft yeah i think yeah. that uh four billion exit or something recently oh that's amazing i mean that was built for thirty thousand uh pounds or dollars something like that yeah, in his spare time uh, he left his job for it uh, yeah. amazing <laughs> what amazing uh, well this has been fun thank you so much for joining us how best can we reach out to you then what's the best way of connecting and helping oh you can definitely just email me at uh, joakim j-o-a-c-i-m at shortcutlabs.com great well, Joachim, it's been a pleasure having you on the App Guy podcast. Uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, certainly, uh, I would encourage now uh, everyone to uh, go and check out the show notes uh, for Joachim Westland and uh, uh, go check it out, go and support, pledge, uh, get, get involved. Uh, I'll be doing the same. Thank you very much for joining us and uh, all the best. Thank you very much, Paul.